premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are coming to you live from the Asylum Studios here in the beautiful city of Eagle Pass, Texas. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us for our Thursday night Bible study. Well, for the last 20 weeks, believe it or not, 20 weeks, for the last 20 weeks, we have been studying the book of Revelation chapter by chapter and for the most part, verse by verse. Uh, we had one occasion where we kind of summarized the chapter, but that was early on in the study. Uh, but it's really hard to believe that tonight we're going to be getting into uh, chapter 18. That means there's only four more chapters to go until we finish this glorious book. Now, the next question is, where are we going next? Well, you know what? That's something to pray about, folks. That's something to pray about. Well, like I said, tonight we'll be getting into chapter 18. Now, in the previous chapter, we examined the woman, Mystery Babylon, the great whore, and we identified this woman as the Roman Catholic Church. And we learned that when ancient Babylon fell politically, uh, what happened is it went underground religiously and then reemerged in the form of the Roman Catholic Church. And folks, if you haven't really looked at the parallels. I mean, they are absolutely astounding. Uh, we talked you know, briefly about some of it last week, and tonight we're going to talk a little bit more uh, on some things. And uh, you're going to see those parallels. And um, again, we talked about uh, some really great reading materials you can get. Uh, we, we'll talk about it again when we get into the study in just a little bit. But uh, tonight in Chapter 18... We're going to examine the uh, economic and the political aspects of Mystery Babylon. And then, of course, her ultimate fall. But before we get into our study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do those two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to the contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send us over a message? You can let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over those prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's totally fine. You could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, the second thing I want you to do on the website 
is to look for that support this podcast button. And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, if you can't um, commit yourself to a recurring monthly contribution, I totally understand that. Uh, you could also make a one-time contribution if you're able, and you do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you can scan the Cash App QR code on our website as well. So why don't you pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so extremely thankful for it. Now, of course, folks, first and foremost, before we go any further, I always want to take a moment here to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And I always want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving my filthy, wretched, sinful soul. Uh, 23 years ago, next month, uh, 23 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ came into my life. I gave my life and my soul to him. And uh, in return, he gave me eternal life. I was born again the day that I called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all I had to do was put my full faith, trust, and confidence in his shed blood. And folks, that's all you need to do. And that's all you need to do right now in this church age in which we live. Once the church age is done, and that event Uh, That occurs when the rapture of the church takes place, which we studied in Revelation chapter 4. Once the church is out, folks, God deals with man in a completely different way when it comes to his salvation. What was once faith alone now becomes faith and works. And uh, if you've been following along in our Revelation study, you know exactly what those works are. And, um, folks, I don't recommend you sticking around for the tribulation. I don't recommend it at all. So why don't you put aside your pride, whatever it is, whatever sin you're holding on to, put it aside and call upon the name of the Lord today, right where you're sitting right now. Let him know that you are a sinner, that you are on your way to hell. Acknowledge that to him. Ask him to save you, and if you are truly sincere from your heart that you want to be saved, you know what? He's going to save you. That's all you have to do, folks. That's all you have to do. Just ask and believe. I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for, uh, for granting me this ministry. This is a tremendous ministry that he has, he's blessed me with. And, uh, you know, I, I sincerely pray every day that uh, I'm being a good and faithful steward of the gift that he's given me here. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the Lord for that. And uh, it's uh, through this ministry that I've met so many amazing folks. Um, you know, I say it you know, pretty often in, in in our messages, in our Bible studies, that I have an exceptional listening audience. And, and I don't mean that lightly. You guys are absolutely exceptional. And I am so thankful to have you listening each and every week. I also want to say thank you to all of you who currently support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for your prayers. God bless you for them. And I'm going to ask you to please continue to pray for the ministry. 
please continue to pray for my family. And of course, please continue to pray for me as we move forward and uh, start planning our next moves uh, with the Sword of the Spirit podcast as far as what we're going to be studying next. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your support. Thank you so very much for it. And uh, you know exactly where your contributions go. Everything goes into uh, our production. Everything goes into uh, sending out materials to folks that request Bibles. We can get Bibles. We've been sending uh, contributions out to, uh, to missionaries that are currently serving abroad. And uh, it's been a great blessing. Thank you so much for your financial support. I also, of course, want to say thank you to everybody, every single one of you that listen faithfully, that tune in faithfully, that download faithfully everything that we put out there. Thank you so very much for that. Um, You know, because of all the plays and the downloads, I was looking at our numbers. We are uh, actually getting high into the 12,000 plays and downloads at this point. And it's just staggering to me to think that when we started this thing, we didn't really have any particular uh, goal or, or expectation. And, you know, the Lord has been so faithful to us. And, you know, we're trying our very best every day, every time we get on the air here to, to be faithful to the Lord and to the calling that he's given us. And uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in and thank you for uh, supporting us as you have. Because of that, we currently on the Good Pods platform hold five number one positions on their charts. And that's a, that's a tremendous blessing because when folks go onto that particular platform and they're looking for a, for a good podcast to listen to, they're going to look at, at the charts. They're going to see who's out there. And if someone's looking for a Bible study podcast, well, there's more of an opportunity for them to come over and check us out and to get the truth of the gospel. So it's a real blessing, and thank you. Thank you so very much for it. But friends, wherever you're listening, wherever it is you're listening, please, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. How about we get to some announcements? All right. So uh, just want to remind everybody for our Thursday night Bible study uh, meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And as you know, we are going through the book of Revelation, and it's been a real challenge. It's been a blessing, and I, and I hope that it's been uh, uh, a blessing uh, to you as well and edifying. And uh, uh, it, it's, it, again, it's a real challenge. So uh, you can check it out on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. We have a nice little player on our homepage there. You could uh, listen in directly from there. Or you can visit our host site, which is Spreaker. You go to Spreaker.com and you look for the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And uh, if you do have an active Spreaker account and you log in, you can actually join in our little chat group if you'd like to get into that. So uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, our Sermon Sunday broadcast uh, came back or returned last Sunday afternoon, and we talked about being filled 
with the Spirit. And uh, you can check us out at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, also on our website, com, or on Spreaker.com. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? The church meets at 664 North Monroe. The Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. The uh, morning worship service begins at 11 a.m. A Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. And to do that, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information. And, of course, you're going to find episodes of this podcast as well. And as always, we want to say thank you to Pastor John Monk, my pastor and my friend, and, and the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for allowing us the, uh, the privilege and the opportunity to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Now, folks, if you are intent on missing the rapture, if you don't intend to get saved, if you want to keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, uh, you might start to consider uh, the idea of prepping. And probably the best way to do that would get yourself connected to the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country uh, who pretty much release content on a daily basis. The CRN podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on the current events, and there are no issues that are off limits. If you want to break down a current events, we got it. If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, well, if you're going to stick around for the tribulation, you should. Uh, We got that, too. If you want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic, well, you know something? We have that. Uh, If you want to hear more about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. And you can find the Contra Radio Network at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. Dot best. You could also find them on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. All right, folks, uh, as usual, my, my very, very high recommendation for uh, the Three Pillars podcast. If you haven't checked out the Three Pillars podcast, folks, you really, really need to. The last episode that uh, Brother Chase uh, uh, uploaded uh, was fantastic on intimacy. And uh, it's something that you should really check out. Uh, so to do that, you could find uh, Chase's video casts on YouTube by going over to YouTube.com slash Tobinator the Motivator. <laughs> I love that. And um, you could also find him on Rumble, and which I recommend going to the Rumble platform more than the YouTube. Uh, Rumble.com slash C slash Three Pillars Podcast. And you could also check out uh, Chase's website at threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. Remember, the Three Pillars podcast is, is uh, a podcast that focuses on your personal growth utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Check out the new episodes every Friday morning. Now, folks, 
don't forget while you're on our website today to, to uh, sign up for the programming announcements email. And all that is is just an email that we send out anytime there's a change to our programming schedule uh, or if there's a cancellation, which, praise the Lord, we have not had any cancellations, or if we have a guest that's going to be on the show. So uh, to do that, just head over to our website, look for the programming announcement subscription box, and put your name on the list. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. It's not, your information is not going to get sold to anybody. Uh, it's only going to stay with us, and we're not going to spam you with a lot of things that you're really not interested in getting. So don't forget, you can do that by signing up on our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, looking for the programming announcements subscription. And then, of course, while you're on our website, uh, check out our Sword Swag section. And if you would like to get yourself one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast ceramic coffee mugs, uh, you could find it there on the website, and you could get yours for a $25 contribution. And, or if you're looking for a T-shirt, well, we've got those two, uh, and you can get yourself one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts for a $35 contribution. So just head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com, Look for the Sword Swag tab and get yourself a mug like I have right here. And uh, by the way, today's beverage of choice is a Starbucks iced coffee with uh, vanilla cream creamer. It's really good. Mm. But not with a a peppermint in your mouth. (laughs) Definitely not. All right. Well, that will just about do it for our announcements for today. So what we'll do here is we'll take our first break of the, uh, of the evening. And when we come back from the break, we'll get into our prayer requests. And, uh, and then following that, we'll get into our Bible study for tonight. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Give us a five-star if you can. And uh, with your friends, your family, and your followers. And help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
Welcome back, folks. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and this is Joe Rusiello. All right, so uh, we're going to get into our prayer requests uh, at this point. And uh, as always, we start off with those that are uh, in need of salvation. And the reason why we start off with start off uh, live shows 
the reason why we start off with the folks that are in need of salvation is because salvation is the single most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. There is no decision that you will make that will have greater consequences than your decision about your salvation. Now, folks, I, I, I say it so often, so very often, that to get saved today is the easiest time to get saved because all it takes, all it takes is you putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We know that. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That all is all-encompassing. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not one person on this earth that has not committed a sin in the last 10 minutes. Did you know that even the thought of foolishness is sin? Just thinking about something foolish is sin. God has it all covered. Sin is sin, and there's no debating it. And we are all sinners. And because of our sin, we are destined for an eternity in hell unless, unless we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we ask the Lord to save us. I did that 23 years ago, folks. And I would implore you to do it today. There is no reason for any of you to go to hell. No reason. Folks, your baptism, your sacraments, uh, your, your praying to, to statues and dead saints, and none of that's going to save you. You can give all the money that you have. It's not going to save you. It's not going to save you. Folks, your church is not going to save you. My, my, my Catholic friends, please listen. Your church is not going to save you. The Baptist church, I'm a Baptist. The Baptist church is not going to save you. And like I said, your baptism is not going to save you. And I'm a Baptist. No church can save you. Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopal, Catholic, Baptist, you name it. The only way to get saved is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the finished work, shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. All you need to do is ask. Remember, your decision on salvation has eternal consequences. You don't need to go to hell. You don't need to. And if you go to hell, you have no one to blame but yourself. Because God didn't send you to hell. God gave you a way out, and you rejected it. You wanted to do it on your own. You thought you could do it on your own. You didn't believe what he said when he said that there is, there is none righteous, no, not one, that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You didn't want to believe that. So you have no one you can blame. You cannot blame God if you went up in hell. 
You don't need to go there. So please, please, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him save you. Let him save you. So tonight we're praying for my mom, Diane, for her salvation. We're praying for David up in New York City for his salvation. We're praying for all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. Uh, Manuel has asked for prayer for, for his mother for salvation. Sharon is in need of salvation. And Adam has asked for prayer for his dad for salvation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you have given us. Father, we just pray tonight that you would just touch those hearts that are in need of salvation, whether they're on our prayer list or not. Lord, uh, to, if there's any under the sound of my voice tonight that's not saved, Lord, please speak to their heart, draw them to yourself, that they might be saved, that they might call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Father, I pray for that. I pray, Lord, that t tonight would be that great waking up moment for so many people. Father, I just pray for them. I pray for those on our prayer list that are in need of salvation tonight. And we'll ask you just to do this in all in the Lord Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, going on down our sick list here. Uh, we're going to be praying tonight for Pastor Martin, uh, uh, who is... Uh, 89 years old, who has a heart condition, has poor vision, uh, has a number of other ailments that we've been praying for. We're also praying for my mom, Diane, who is up in a, a nursing home now in uh, New York City. So we want to continue to pray for her. Uh, we're also praying for Laura, my sister, with, a, with some back issues. Uh, praying for Bernice, uh, who has been fighting cancer. We're praying for Bernice's mom, Laura, also with cancer. We're praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer, Martin Bada with lymphoma, Daniel Villarreal with leukemia, uh, Janae with a heart condition, uh, Alex Ortiz with some breathing issues, Diego Ortiz, uh, who's recovering still from surgery. Uh, we're praying for Juan in San Antonio with uh, cancer. We're praying for a good brother in Christ and friend of mine and uh, you might remember, uh, he actually uh, was our first and only guest so far uh, on a Sword of the Spirit podcast Saturday afternoon coffee talk. Uh, my good friend and brother in Christ, Ruben, uh, has a pinched nerve that might require surgery. And also, I spoke to him yesterday. Uh, he's been back and forth to the doctor for, uh, for another health issue. So we're going to pray for Ruben tonight. We're also praying for Patricia Alvarado. Uh, with uh, kidney problems resulting from cancer. And we're also praying for Jerry Torres, uh, who is recovering from a broken leg. Going on down our general prayer list, we're praying for my brother-in-law, Jude, for uh, his business as a contractor up in New York City. Uh, we're praying for uh, Brother F uh, Federico Salinas. We're praying for uh, the Lord to protect him and his family as they serve the Lord. We're also praying for uh, Brother Aldo with uh, his business at Pro HVAC here in Eagle Pass. We're praying for uh, another brother of mine, Hector. We're praying for the uh, Lord's protection and, and, and hedge about him. We're praying for Alex, uh, who uh, is uh, in a work environment where we pray that the Lord will use him in a mighty way. Uh, we're praying for Angela for her starting her classes for her, uh, for, for her employment. We're praying for Liz, uh, who has a financial matter that she's working to resolve. 
We're also praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Okay, and uh, also we're going to be praying for those with uh, unspoken prayer requests, and very simply those are just prayers, requests that um, maybe you don't have the right words to uh, describe the particular need or something very personal that only the Lord needs to know about. So we're praying for uh, Eduardo. We're praying for Larissa. We're praying for Hector, Manuel, Angela, and Laura. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are the God of answered prayer. Lord, uh, we may not always get the answer that we want, but we always get the answer that we need. Father, we thank you so much that you are the great physician. And Lord, we pray for all of those on our sick list tonight. Father, we pray for uh, that you would touch each body. Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would bring comfort for those that are suffering in pain. Father, we pray that you would touch each individual person there with a measure of grace that they need as they uh, recover from their various illnesses. Lord, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much, Lord, for your love and your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that you touch each one. Father, we pray for, uh, for uh, my brother-in-law Jude and his business. Lord, we pray that you would just prosper him in the work of his hands. We pray for Aldo and his business for the same. Lord, we pray that you would just bless him and the work of his hands. We pray for uh, Federico Salinas, a good brother in Christ. We pray for your hedge of protection around him as he, as he continues to serve you and his family. Father, we lift up uh, Brother Hector to you, and we pray a hedge of protection around him as well, uh, especially as he's out working late. Lord, we pray for Alex, uh, for, uh, that you would use him as a great witness at his workplace, and, Father, that you, would, uh, that you would see many come to Christ through his work. Father, we pray for, uh, for Angela and for her classes. We pray for Liz, for her financial matter. Lord, we pray for uh, Isabella and her walk with the Lord, and we pray for Jessica for her walk. And then, Father, of course, we pray for those on our unspoken prayer list. Father, we pray for Eduardo, Larissa, Hector, Manuel, Angela, and Laura. Father, we just continue to pray that you would, Lord, answer all of these prayers according to your perfect will for us and for our lives And, of course, Lord, that you would receive all of the honor and the glory that you deserve. Father, we also pray for our Bible study this evening. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to speak. Lord, I pray that that, uh, those that are listening tonight uh, would receive the message that you have for us tonight with an open heart, an open mind. And, Father God, I just pray that... uh, that people would understand, that the folks would understand as, as we're teaching these, this material, Lord, we don't intentionally set out to, uh, to offend or, or to insult or to hurt feelings, Lord. But the word of God is quick, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder. And, Lord, uh, uh, the, the joints and marrow, and Father God, we pray that, um, that as the sword the word of God pierces, Lord, that you would also bring healing. Father, we thank you so much for all that you do for us tonight, and we commit all of this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you could always email them over to us at info at com, or you could always visit our website, 
sort of the spirit podcast.com and send it over to us on the web form. If you have an active Spreaker account and you log in, you could also drop your prayer requests into our chat group and we'll be sure to get them included right away. All right. So, folks, we're going to take our second break of the uh, evening here and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of, cl- cup of coffee, maybe a, a refill or two. And when we come back, we will be getting into our Bible study for tonight on Revelation chapter number 18. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Hit that five-star review if you feel like we deserve it. And we'll be right back after this. Stay with us. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet 
shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, by all means. The Lord be with you all. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. 
This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're going to be getting into our Bible study in just a moment. Um, so I hope you have your King James Bible, and I hope you're opening up to uh, chapter 18. And uh, before we get into it, uh, I do want to say, though, that um, chapter 17 and chapter 18 are difficult because of the subject matter. And uh, after last Thursday's show, I, I have received uh, some fairly negative uh, comments and emails. And, um, you know, uh, again, I don't say the things that I'm saying to offend or insult or to um, uh, demean in any way intentionally, of course, you know. Um, but, you know, the Bible is specifically clear. And if you study it with an open heart, an open mind, and you look at the Word of God, there is no way that you cannot draw the same conclusions. So, again, you know, uh, I'm not going to apologize for telling you the truth. Okay, so um, I hope that as you listen to uh, this this lesson tonight in chapter 18, as we continue to study uh, Mystery Babylon, the great whore, um, this woman, and uh, we, we look at uh, what chapter 18 has to, uh, has to talk to us about, that you, you do have that open mind, and you do listen carefully and intently and take notes and, uh, and, and compare. If you're part of the Catholic Church and you're listening to this, first of all, God bless you and thank you. Uh, second of all, uh, it's not you personally that I'm, that I'm going after or targeting, as one of the emails I received uh, stated, uh, but it's the religious system. That's the issue. That's the problem. So uh, I hope you keep that in mind as we move forward. All right. Uh, chapter 18. Let's get into it now. Chapter 18. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Well, why is that? Well, because verse 16 of the previous chapter. Let's go back to chapter 17 for a moment and look at verse 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. So these kings turn around, they revolt, they mutiny. And uh, what you're going to have in the tribulation at this point is... A, a, a great reformation all over again, except it's going to be for all the wrong reasons this time, all the wrong motives. So you have a religious system that was founded in ancient Babylon, and that religious system was not lost when Babylon politically fell. It just went underground. 
and that religious system was preserved. And that religious system, a thousand years before Jesus Christ was ever born, was embracing things like a rosary, purgatory. They believed in a resurrection. It was a different person, of course. Uh, the, uh, the, the sign of Tammuz's resurrection was a cross, number one, and colored eggs. Now, this is going on a thousand years before Christ was ever born, folks. Uh, they had an alleged celibate uh, clergy. Uh, they baptized infants. I mean, the list is long, and it's involved, and the parallels, like I said earlier, the parallels are just incredible and amazing. And uh, you can get all of that in a book that was written well over 100 years ago by a man named Alexander Hislop. And it's, it's called The Two Babylons. And if I'm not mistaken, I told you about it last week. Uh, and there's a simpler version you can get. I think it's, by the, I think it's the same title by uh, Ralph Woodrow. It's easier reading. It doesn't have all the details, but it's easier reading. And uh, you know, there have been several other books written on the thing, but, but to me, those two are the best. All right, so uh, the thing went underground, and it went from Babylon to Pergamos. And I gave you the dates back in the study of chapter 2. I don't necessarily remember the dates right now at the top of my head, but I did give them to you. Uh, so you should go back and listen to uh, chapter 2's study uh, again if you didn't get them. And then when you do get them, write them down in the margin of your Bible. You know, write, put them back there in Revelation chapter 2. Because do uh, you remember what Jesus said to Pergamos? He said, I know thou dwellest where Satan's seat is, right? That's Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. You know what? Let's, uh, actually, let's go back there. Let's go look at Revelation 2, 13. Revelation 2, 13. All right, uh, verse 12. Actually, we'll start at verse 12. And to the angel of the church at Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. And then so on and so on. So Satan's seat was declared to be at Pergamos at that time. Now, when did they move the Babylonian Etruscan mystery religion from Babylon to Pergamos? 133 B.C., okay? All right, now, when did it go to Rome? 313 A.D., all right? And it's been there ever since. It's been there ever since. All right, so why does God continually... Or, or why does God continue to call the thing Babylon? Because that's what it is. It's old Babylonianism. It's never changed. And that's why he continues to call it Babylon. He calls it what it's always been. So um, the, uh, the Roman religion today isn't Roman. It's Babylonianism. They borrowed it. And what they've done is, you know, they've sprinkled a little, a little um, you know, twisted Christianity onto it to make it more acceptable and palatable to the modern mind. All right, so what we have here in verse 2 of chapter 18, um, 
And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen, has fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now, I don't have a lot of time to run this out to you, but uh, in your Bible, there are a variety of occasions, uh, and you should write down Matthew chapter 13 and read some of the parables there, and that'll give you some information there. But um, in your Bible, an unclean bird is always, and I say always, I mean, I, I can't think of any, of any exceptions. I mean, there might be one, but I, right now I can't think of any. Uh, an unclean bird is always a picture of a demon a devil, or a demonic creature. Now, an unclean bird is a scavenger. Um, An eagle is an unclean bird. A buzzard, a hawk, vultures, uh, uh, crows, owls. Owls are an unclean bird. So there's quite a variety of unclean birds, and these unclean birds are a picture of demonic creatures. That's why Alfred Hitchcock came up with his story, The Birds, you know. Uh, And you have six different types of carnivorous birds listed in Isaiah chapter 34 that talks about a lake of fire. And these are inhabitants of the lake of fire. So um, that's the language that's right here in front of us. The hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now... You can spend a lot of time on every word in that verse and do a lot of word studies. Time just wouldn't permit us in a study like this, but you can do a lot of work here, a lot of work. All right, Uh, verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Now, we've already read that, essentially. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. All right, now... We're introduced to another whole picture or aspect of Babylon. So what we've been witnessed, what we've been exposed to so far, is the religious side of Babylon. But now God's Holy Spirit is introducing us to the economical side of Babylon. And uh, you know, sometimes I'll say political, but they go hand in hand. You know, the economics and um, this Babylon controls a massive amount of economics in the world. All right, now, um, you know, I, I, think, I think I mentioned uh, there was an article that came out, you know, several years ago on the wealth of the Vatican, and uh, the article elaborated on some of the wealth, which is, which is really staggering. But uh, in reading that article, I, I don't even think they even touched the tip of the iceberg. I don't think they really even had a clue as to uh, what the Vatican has her fingers in. Now, uh, you know, let me give you a few things just to think about. All right. It says that Babylon is a cage of unclean and hateful birds. It says that all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. Uh, so her influence has reached worldwide proportions and her tentacles have reached into every nation. And so nationally, there are all kinds of people. Internationally, there are all kinds of people that have profiteered from this kind of activity. Now, um, I may have run this out already, but um, why is it that every mafia member on the face of the earth is a Roman Catholic? I mean, did, did you ever hear of a Presbyterian mafia? Of course not. 
You've never heard of one that was an Episcopalian either, right? A Methodist, a Baptist. I mean, not even a Mormon. They got their own little mafia. But, you know, all right, now you, go, you go down to all these countries that are running drugs. You know, you go down in all those countries like Panama, Colombia, Peru, and, uh, you know, wherever else is, is, whatever else is down there, they're doing all that stuff. And every one of those countries are 99.5% Roman Catholic. Every one of those countries are Roman Catholic. Their leaders are Roman Catholic. They're, the army is Roman Catholic. The people are Roman Catholic. All the local government members are Catholic. All the police forces are Catholic. They're all Catholic. No pope in history ever excommunicated anybody like, like Hitler or Goering or Himmler or any of the rest of them. Don't you find that strange? I mean, do you mean to tell me you know, and, and the Pope can really do, you know, what he jolly well pleases. You know, history reveals all that. If, uh, if that old boy stood up and said, all right, now here's the deal. For anyone who grows any more drugs or runs any more drugs or traffics any more drugs or profits from any more drugs, you're going to bypass purgatory and go straight to hell. Now, if he stood up and said that, I mean, even though you and I know that that's a crock, but there's a whole lot of people out there that believe that and that believe him, right? Don't you think that that would put a kink in something? So then why doesn't he do it? Why doesn't he do it? He's got the power. He's got the authority. And they have no particular fidelity to their doctrine. And I say that because they've changed it radically, periodically. It's not like they have one standard consensus of doctrine, you know? You know, for years and years, they read from a Latin Bible that was translated from an Egyptian text by a man by the name of Jerome. And so we came to know that as Jerome's Vulgate. All right, now, in the 1500s, English Bibles were starting to make a real dent in the European scene. And then in the early 1500s, Martin Luther translated a German Bible from the Texas Receptus, and um, it was making a heavy impact in Germany because now, all of a sudden, the Germans had a Bible they could read in their own language. And not too long previous to that, the Spaniards got a hold of a Bible they could read in Spanish, and the Russians got a hold of a Bible that they could read in Russian all translated from the Texas Receptus, the good text, the Byzantine text. And then you have men like Tyndall and, and, and Wycliffe and you know, the Great Bible and the, the Cloverdale Bible and you know, all English Bibles that are being translated all or in part in the 1500s. And then what, what's happening is the English-speaking people are becoming a Bible-loving, Bible-reading people. And they're getting excited about their Bible. And as a result of that, they're throwing Rome aside. So to counterbalance that, a group, um, a, body of, uh, a body of priesthood was formed that we know today as the Jesuit priesthood. And in the late 1500s, they formed a Jesuit's priesthood, the Jesuit priesthood for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to come up with a Roman Catholic English Bible. They came, out with that, they came out with that Bible in 1582. 
And that Bible was known as the Rhymes Douay Version. And they still use that version for the most part. Um, and that whole Bible was predicated on the idea of countering the English Bibles that were coming into existence in the 1500s. All right, now, as you read that Bible, it's very much an amillennial Bible. Of course, it's very much a Catholic Bible. Now, over the last few years, you know, they've come up with some new ones, but, you know, still, the average Catholic, if he has a Bible... That's most of what they're packing around, that 1582 rhymes Douay version. And uh, although now I think the average Catholic priest would tell you to get a, uh, a CEV, you know, um, or one of those new versions, but do you, do you know why? Do you know why? Because there isn't much difference between that and the rhymes Douay. The Apocrypha is in a Catholic Bible, which is a section between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, I... I don't remember how many books. I think it's 13. And that would stand to reason. Uh, you know, but I can't, I can't confirm it. All right, now, how do we know the Apocrypha shouldn't be part of the Bible? Well, several reasons we know. Number one, there's nothing in there that says much of anything. And number two, Jesus never referred to the Apocrypha. He talked about the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. He never said anything. Paul never referred to it. None of the New Testament writers ever referred to it. Now, every book in your Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, every book is quoted somewhere in your New Testament. But not one Apocrypha book is ever quoted. Doesn't that tell you something? Doesn't that tell you something? So there you have it. But you've got to understand something else. It's, uh, it's immaterial to a great degree what Bible the Roman Catholics use because back sometime in the 1400s, the Roman Catholic Church instituted a rule or I don't know if it's a law or legislation, you know, whatever they call those things, uh, canons, declaration, whatever they call that thing, that it was inappropriate or unacceptable or unacceptable for the laity to read the Bible. Did you know that? Inappropriate and unacceptable for the laity to read the Bible. Now, who the laity? Well, that's just you and I, the regular common folk, not the priesthood. And here's something else. They never rescinded that. Now, in a literate society like ours, you know, they go light and easy on it. You know, they don't tell people that. But you go to a place like Mexico or, or the Philippines, they tell them it's not for them to read. You know, we'll read it and we'll tell you what it means. You know, I have honestly never met a Catholic yet that really knew anything about the Bible. Really, never, <laughs> never haven't met one yet. All right, I don't know why we got into that subject, but let's move on, okay? Uh, verse 4. Verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. So what we have here is kind of a picture or a mirror of the Great Reformation, only this one is for all the wrong reasons. But uh, evidently there are some people that get saved in the tribulation. They'll be Roman Catholic, and the Lord calls them 
to come out. And he's always done that. And uh, when people really get saved, when people really get saved, they can't stay satisfied in that deal for too long. You know, now, over the years, I've seen a whole lot of them, you know, try to ding around with it for a little while. Well, I'm going to go back and to my church and help them out. Well, of course it doesn't work. You know, that doesn't fly. So God says, come out, come out, come out. And that's a Bible theme. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, Second Corinthians 6.17 says. Right? God called his people out of Egypt. God continually calls his people out of that which is evil, that which is filthy, that which is polluted. And uh, the indication is that there's, there will be some of God's people in that crowd. So that leads me to say, or at least you know, respond to the question that's often asked, do you believe a Roman Catholic can be saved? Folks, I believe anybody can be saved. You know, I, I believe. I, I know there are a lot of Roman Catholics that got saved. You know, but what I meant was, you know, there are, you know, you know, do you believe that there are people in the Roman Catholic Church that are saved? Yeah, I believe that. I, I, I do. I don't have any problem with that. Sure. I think they're a very small minority. You know, uh, don't get any overwhelming illusions that there's this uh, big, massive body of them. No, 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 no. But I think there's a small minority of them. Um, and uh, there will be at this time of the tribulation. And God says to come out that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. All right, so what we have here is a voice. And we notice there are four voices in Revelation chapter 18. Now, uh, you have a voice of judgment in verses 1 to 3. You have a voice of separation in verses 4 to 8. And in verse 5, For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. So it's just sowing and reaping time. Whatever she did, she gets double in return. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. So basically she said, I got it made, man. Nothing can hurt me. Nothing can touch me. Therefore shall, therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. So a voice of separation. Be not partaker of other men's sins, the Bible says. And so God says, come out of her. Because judgment is coming. She'll be burned with fire. She'll be burned with fire. All right, uh, let's read on and see what else. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off 
for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. All right, so we've noticed back in uh, chapter 17 that it's the ten kings that are raining judgment upon the woman. And the judgment comes in, in an hour, one hour. So it tends to lead a lot of people to conclude that it's a, a, nuclear, bla- a nuclear blast. Now, it might be. It, it really might be. I don't know. Uh, it's a very real possibility because the thing is clear that it isn't a direct hand of God. Indirectly, God puts it in their hearts. But the destruction of Babylon is in the hands of the ten kings. The ten kings have military power. And military, militarily, they somehow turn and destroy the woman. So the woman is manipulated, she's orchestrated, she's strategized, and she thinks she's above and beyond rebuke and consequences, and something happens. Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. So the merchants are upset. There's no longer the market that there was. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and in purple and silk and scarlet and all thion, wood, and all matters, all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and of iron and marble and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. Uh, Notice slaves and souls of men. So this woman is not only trafficking in merchandise, she's trafficking in slaves and souls of men. So it would be interesting to study historically the slave trade and, and see who was really involved. And if you're going to believe your Bible, this woman is the mastermind of the whole thing, the real originator of it. And the one that really profits the most from trafficking in it, although her tracks are well covered, is the woman. Uh, but again, you have to realize that you know, we're talking about countries that are 99% Roman Catholic. Now, wait a minute, though. Something's funny, right? When you get a population that's practically 100% of one particular persuasion and the leader of that persuasion, uh, you know, the, the leader of that persuasion ought to be able to direct them in any direction he wants to go, wouldn't you say? You, several, several years ago, England got into a little ruckus over the Falkland Islands. I don't know how many of you remember that. Uh, they were fighting Argentina over some islands off the shore down there. And uh, during that particular ruckus, the news media was, of course, focusing their attention on that. Uh, during those particular newscasts, they were just trying to uncover every rock and all, and all that business in that country. You know, the mentality of the Argentinian government and so on. You know how the media is. You know, they try to overturn a new cockroach, and then sometimes they inadvertently turn over things they really don't want to. And one of those inadvertent stones was they, they made this statement on national television that in Argentina, 
in Argentina, according to the national constitution of the country, you cannot run for political office unless you're a Roman Catholic. Now, that's true in most South American countries, not just Argentina. You can't run for political office unless you're Roman Catholic. So doesn't that tell you who's calling the shots? I mean, come on, man, you know, good night. You know, when John Kennedy ran for office, that was one of the greatest concerns that uh, many American people uh, had. You know, we never had a Roman Catholic president before. And there are lots of theories uh, about why he was assassinated, but one that would probably subscribe to the best is this. I, I, would, I would subscribe to the one that says that, and there's been a couple of books written on this, you know, some really pretty good documentation on it, but the reason John Kennedy was assassinated was that even though he was a Roman Catholic, he wouldn't play ball with the Pope. And so away he went. Because when you study... You know, and of course, what developed out of that was Vietnam. And when you study Vietnam and really study the Roman involvement in that whole mess over there, you begin to see what really went on and who profits from a war. Who profits from a war? Someone always profits from a war. It doesn't matter that thousands of people are being killed and wounded and so on. You know, someone is making the ammunition, the planes, and, and on and on and on. Someone is profiting. You know, you got to watch that stuff. You got to watch it. All right, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the night right here. And uh, when we come back, we'll start to pull together uh, the rest of Revelation chapter 18. Folks, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
Gave me life, I have brought. 
forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. Amen. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. And uh, tonight we're going through Revelation chapter 18. And uh, we're talking about the economic, political aspects of uh, Mystery Babylon uh, and the, uh, the parallels that are just absolutely amazing uh, and quite scary in a lot of ways uh, to uh, the modern-day Roman Catholic Church. All right, um, let's, uh, let's go on. Verse 14, verse 14. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. All right, so this outfits into uh, dainty and goodly things. So in other words, um, exotic kinds of merchandise and so on. Uh, the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. They're standing afar off, so they can't get close. Can't get close for a particular reason. My guess, and it's only a guess, that's all it is. My guess is that that mess is done away with in one nuclear blast. That's my guess. Um, and saying, alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. All right, now, if you ever look at a high mass, you have to watch for those things right there. You watch for those. You just study it and see if they show up. For in one hour, so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? So the merchants of the world are kind of amazed. Well, not kind of, a lot amazed at, at the immediate destruction of this mess. And they cast dust on their heads. And cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. All right, so if you're trafficking drugs or prostitution or pornography or slavery, you know, whatever it is that you're trafficking, if the primary trafficker is eliminated in one hour, then all of a sudden there's no market. And if you're just a merchant, you know, a middleman, uh, one of the little guys pushing this stuff back and forth, you see your income going down the toilet. You're going to be upset about that whole thing. And that's what's being described here in this chapter. 
Verse 19, uh, no, verse 20. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. All right, now, in back when the devil got kicked out of heaven in chapter 12, the earth was weeping because they got the benefit of it. Now, heaven is rejoicing because of the destruction of this great whore. Why? Uh, for God hath avenged you on her. So again, the prayers of the saints have been answered. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city, Babylon, be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Now, I don't know what the millstone is. I don't. My best educated guess is that this is the same picture as the stone cut out with hands in Daniel chapter 2 that smashes the feet of clay and iron. All right, now what's going on here? In, in Daniel chapter 2, you have the image of Nebuchadnezzar and uh, all the kingdoms of the world characterized in that image. And you finally come down to the feet, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist, the ten toes, the ten kings that we were reading about in chapter 17. And you have a stone cut out without hands. The stone, Peter said, uh, the builders rejected. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ, the second advent, he's the stone. Thou art Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, Jesus said. All right? And the rock, the stone, Jesus Christ, comes down and smashes the kingdom to pieces. And now, you know, you know that could be the millstone in verse 21. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That's my best guess, though. All right. Took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shalt thou shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and of trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. So all of the economy, all of the prosperity, uh, uh, all the everything that's going on, it all comes to a quick conclusion, a grinding halt, and boom, that's it. It's all done, obliterated. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Now, we've mentioned before, very seldom do we ever refer to the Greek because it's generally totally unprofitable. But there are three or four occasions where it does throw a little bit of light on a subject. Now, I've mentioned this before, but I'll run it by you again. The word sorceries, the Greek word for that is pharmakia. Obviously, that's where we get our word pharmacy, see? Now, what do you get at the pharmacy? Drugs. So sorceries and drugs have a close relationship biblically they have a close relationship 
And isn't it interesting that the nations of the world have been deceived through her sorceries? Now, the sorceries probably encompass more than just drugs, but uh, be assured that drugs are definitely involved. Now, you know the simplest way in the world to get, some, get someone deluded is to get them on drugs, whether, whether they're prescription or illegal. You know, lots of folks just take prescription drugs and they get bonkers. Now, I'm not preaching against drugs, you know, legal drugs. They occasionally have their place, and we all know that. We all understand that. But, you know, we live in a society where billions of dollars are spent in America alone on tranquilizers every year. It's scary. It's scary when you think about how many people are driving around on the same highway you are under the influence of drugs, legal or illegal, right? And you know what drugs do? They take your ability to think away from you. You become controlled by the drug. Do you know what alcohol is? It's a drug. Amen? All right, now, again, I don't know how many of you listening are or were Roman Catholic, although I'm pretty sure after last week's show and this, if I had any Roman Catholic listeners, I don't anymore. Um, but uh, how many of you have been to a Catholic function, whether it was a wedding or, uh, or I don't know, any kind of particular function, and, and observed with your own eyes a Catholic priest there half snockered? I have. I have. I've seen it with my own eyes. And uh, in Wisconsin, did you know that the Catholic Church has a rehabilitation center for alcoholic priests? You know, priests from all over the nation go there. They have a center for them. Now stop and think about it. And I know we've got a few bad apples in the barrel, but have you ever heard of an alcoholic rehabilitation center for Baptist preachers? No, I haven't either. (laughs) but you have for Catholic priests. And all the drugs in one form or another have taken away, and I, I speak more authoritatively about America than other nations, uh, it's taken away Americans' ability to really think a thing through. By far the busiest place nightly where I live is a pub downtown called Cooters. All right? There are far more cars and trucks parked in front of Cooters on any given night of the week than there are in any church parking lot in a 10-mile radius of that place. And, of course, you know the Roman Catholic Church owns several liquor industries. Stop and think about that. Christian brothers. Blue nun. Monks. They own stock in Miller's. Have you ever seen a wine called evangelist or preacher? Did you ever stop to think about that stuff? Why? There's definitely an affiliation. There's a strong affiliation. Verse 24. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that was slain upon the earth. So she, she's guilty of the martyrdom of countless thousands of people. Well, chapter 18 is addressing her demise, her destruction, her judgment, and her economic, economic activity. And at the end, and, uh, and, and the end of all of that. 
Now you have a voice of judgment. You have a voice of separation. And then the last two voices that you have in the, in the chapter is the voice of mourning and a voice of rejoicing. And that, folks, will bring us to the end of Revelation chapter 18. Now, again, you know, I hope that you were listening tonight with an open mind, an open heart, a teachable heart, and uh, I hope you didn't take any personal offense to this. Again, you know, the things that we're talking about in last week's uh, show and tonight, you know, they're not aimed at the specific Catholic individual. We're talking about the system itself. The system itself. This is not a personal attack on any Catholic. Look, my family, the majority of my family are still Roman Catholic. I came from a Roman Catholic background. So I, I, I understand this and I see it. And the more you pay attention to it, the more you look at it, the more you will too. And I pray that you do. Well, folks, that'll do it for us tonight on this episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section. Send us over a message. Let us know what you think. Also, look for that support this podcast button. And if you're able to help us out with a monthly recurring contribution, we would love that. Uh, Or a one-time contribution is fine. So, folks, until we see each other again on Sunday afternoon, win the lost no matter the cost. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.